0: Have you ever noticed that when you're tired, you tend to crave junk food even more? I wonder just how much does the quality of last night's sleep actually impact my choices today? The answer is a lot. So today we are going to talk about how your brain literally sends signals to increase your cravings for junk food when you're tired and how you can use sleep as your secret weapon for making weight loss that much easier. Ready to get started? Let's go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hi there and welcome back. I am so glad you're here today. I am feeling happy and just kind of on an emotional feeling good high from a trip I took to Whitefish, Montana with a group of amazing people for what was called our God-Sized Dreams Retreat. I'm going to tell you more about that in a future episode, but it was amazing. Such great people, such great conversations. It's just so good to be around the kind of people who are trying to make a positive difference in the world. Um, And so like I said, more on that soon. But as you might imagine, with travel, Sometimes it's a little difficult to get a good night's sleep when you're traveling. And I don't know about you, but definitely travel messes with my sleep. Messes with everything, honestly. Uh, But sleep is definitely one of those. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And part of how this conversation, this topic came up was because I was having a coaching call with a client a little while ago. And she had had two stressful weeks in a row at work. And so we were kind of going back through, okay, what happened? How did that kind of build up? How did that impact your choices? Because she was feeling not great about her food choices during this sort of two week sprint of stressful things at work. And so I said, first, let's, let's look back on what were the things that you did well? What do you feel proud of yourself for over these last two weeks with your food choices and things like that? And the reason why I point that out is because it is so, so important to count those wins, to look at ways that you are making good choices, even if they weren't 100% the best, it's so valuable to feel like you're making progress because that feeling of like, okay, I did do something right, that feeling is what helps you feel motivated, it fuels that engine, that fire of motivation to make the next choice. Because if you're always feeling like, oh, I blew it, I'm terrible, this is never gonna work, well, how motivated are you gonna feel to make a positive choice next time. Not so much. So you it it is, it's not just a nice thing. It is the thing it is the thing that helps you keep going is allowing yourself to feel good about the baby steps about the micro wins that you are making along the way. All right, so a little bit of rant there. Anyway, so after we talked about her wins, like what did you do well that you were proud of over these last two weeks of stressful work? Then I said, Okay, now let's talk about what You know, looking back, what would you wish you had done differently? If you could have had made different choices, what would you have liked to have done differently? And she's like, "Well, I did eat a lot of junk food," and I was like, "Okay, let's talk more about that." And she said, "As you know, as we were talking through all those things, I was asking her about what were the sorts of things that led to her growing desire for junk food because she said it kind of increased over time over the course of the two weeks." And, you know, she talked about the work, she talked about the deadlines, the, you know, the, the different projects, and the, you know, this thing was there, and I wanted to deliver for my boss. Um, and then she sort of offhandedly mentioned, oh, you know, and I didn't sleep as much because I was getting up early to get more work done. And I was like the record scratch, and it goes, Ear! I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as a quick aside, this is one of the reasons why it is so helpful to have a coach, I have a coach, like, we all need somebody to be able to, to listen to the words that we say, and they're like, wait, 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 go, go back. What was that thing you said? Because a coach can kind of sometimes key in on something that seems like no big deal to me, my coach can be like, I want you to repeat that. And let's listen, let's listen to what you just said. Uh, there's this a great saying that says like, you can't read the label from inside the jar and we are all inside the jar of our own heads. And that's why having a coach can be so helpful to sort of show us, hey, did you realize what you just said? No, this is actually important. So anywho, she said, I didn't sleep as much because I was getting up early to get a lot of work done. And I realized that was a key crucial moment that we needed to really talk about. So sleep, sleep is a big deal. It makes such a huge difference with weight loss. Um, I personally kind of struggle with sleep. I'm a pretty light sleeper, always have been. Um, As you may already know, my husband was in the military, so he was away a lot. That certainly led to um, challenges, as you might say, with sleep, whether it was, you know, the bed feels weird because he's not there, or I'm listening for every little bump in the night that the house made. Like, what was that? Are the kids okay? Is everything safe? Um, Just all kinds of things. And I really struggled a lot. I remember there was a time period, like a whole deployment where uh, I was, it was like one in the morning every night before I could fall asleep. And then I was waking up at 530 and it just really exacerbated itself. But I particularly began to notice that on days that I was tired, that my sleep wasn't as, (laughs) was really not good. um, I had less willpower and I was, I was less able to force myself to choose those healthy foods. And also in addition, when I was tired, I had some big time cravings for just junk, for, you know, all the carbs, all the sugar. And, you know, as I began to become less judgmental of myself about that and more curious about that, I was like, huh, that's weird. I'm noticing a pattern. Let's let's what's going on here? I began to kind of get curious and, and be like, just what what's happening here when I'm more tired? And so let's get into that. What exactly is happening in your brain? when you have not had great sleep, when you're tired. So poor sleep means that the blood flow in your brain is sent to the lower parts of your brain, the more life-sustaining survival parts of your brain. Now, as we've talked before, the lower part of your brain is about survival. That means you literally have less oxygen, less sort of fuel available in the area of the brain, your prefrontal cortex, that makes long-term decisions you know those decisions that are like i know i'm going to go on a diet or i know i'm going to have a salad today because i care about looking good in my swimsuit for my vacation 3 months from now that part of the brain has less resources available to it so it's it's like you're you're literally a little bit dumber when you're more tired that also means you're more impulsive because the part of the brain that has the fuel is the survival part of the brain. And that is the impulsive part of the brain, the part of the brain that says, I want it now, I am about surviving right now, so that I can get to the next minute and tomorrow. I'm not worried about tomorrow until I get to tomorrow, I'm worried about right now. So the impulsive part of the brain is the part of the brain that's got the resources, and the one that's going to be in charge when you're more tired. Third, your willpower is decreased, because you have less rest, less resources available to draw on that willpower. So uh, you know, I like to talk about willpower as like a gas tank. So imagine on a a normal day when you've got great sleep, your gas tank starts as full. So on a day that you didn't sleep well, your gas tank, your willpower tank, starts at three quarters. You know, maybe even a half. And so over the course of the day, various things deplete your willpower tank, and which is why on a normal day you're already tired, and so you you have less willpower after dinner than you do after breakfast. Um, but if you're starting when you're tired you're starting with less resources, less fuel in your willpower tank. So your willpower is depleted from the get-go. Number four, often poor sleep is partnered up with stress. Stress also depletes willpower. So you're starting out with a lower tank, you have less fuel in your tank, and you've got more stress. So that's kind of burning up the fuel in your willpower tank faster. And finally, number five, the brain is trying to make up for lost energy. So it knows that food is a band-aid for a brief energy surge when you're low on rest and your brain being, you know, looking for the fastest way to get things done. It's looking for a quick hit of energy. And so it's going to send a signal to you saying, Hey, I want foods high in sugar, salt and fat because those foods have the highest concentration of energy quickly. Therefore, your cravings for junk food are literally going to be higher when you're more tired. It's not your fault it's it's what's going on in your brain. it's it's a biological process. Now, in addition, when you're stressed and when you have less rest, your body responds by pumping cortisol, the stress hormone, into your body to prepare for to you know fight or flight. Cortisol shifts the way you digest food because cortisol puts it, it shifts the the resources, the blood flow into your muscles so that you can fight or flight and it shifts, blood flow and resources away from the less urgent body functions. Digestion is less urgent when you're running from a tiger. So, you're you have less kind of resources for your body to digest food. And because your body is in a stress state, it moves all that blood to your large muscle groups and away from re, from your digestive system. Therefore, your digestion slows down and that can rego- result in digestive issues as well as a slower metabolism. Yes, you heard me right. More stress, less sleep equals slower metabolism. As you might imagine, that leads to weight gain. Not so great. Now, interestingly, it's kind of an aside here. Um, the, we've talked about dopamine in the past, and that's the, the molecule in the brain that's like, you know, lights up of like, I want this, I want more. And it increases our wanting for a food, But it doesn't necessarily increase our enjoying of the food. Dopamine is the the molecule of desire, the molecule of more, if it will. But you may find that the food you're craving doesn't always taste as amazing as you thought it would. Um, You know, just something to kind of be aware of. You know, for example, uh, about two weeks ago, I had a I didn't sleep well on Friday. And so Saturday, I was not feeling great. Uh, it's just kind of a little bit low energy. And I knew this was coming. I'm aware that <laughs> poor sleep makes me crave junk food. And sometimes, hey, I'll uh, indulge in that. And so I was, I was feeling snacky, you know, it was like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Note, I was feeling snacky, not hungry. My body was not hungry. My brain was hungry. But so I I decided to indulge in that. So I had uh, some chips. And I know from experience that chips like tortilla chips, they, they look good. My brain is like, that'll be that'll be fun. I'll like that. But when they when I actually taste them, they don't taste so great. And uh, I definitely noticed that my stomach doesn't feel great later. And (laughs) weird, maybe TMI here. But like my I had this like disgusting taste in my mouth the next day after I had chips. Nevertheless, I knew all of this going into my chip escapade this Saturday afternoon. I was like, nope, having them anyway. I'm tired. It's, it's on. And so I, I dive into the chips and I have one serving of chips. I was like, yeah, okay, that was good. Let's have more. Uh, you know, just plowing right through whatever my long-term thinking brain was like, you know, you're going to have that gross taste in your mouth tomorrow. It's like, Dop, don't care. So I had two servings, second serving. And I'll tell you what, it was not long—maybe thirty minutes, maybe an hour later—where my stomach was like, "Yeah, you remember this? Th- we don't like this. Not so good." I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no chips. Chips not so fun." Again, I knew all of this going into my chipahola on on this Saturday afternoon, but because I was tired, I didn't care. I was not listening to my long-term thinking brain. I was like, "Nope, chips now." Impulsive decisions, and so just be aware that the food you're craving may not actually taste as good as you want it to. And that can help you make that decision in the future. You know, understanding that it's, my my brain thinks it's gonna kind of scratch this itch, but it may not, it it may actually not be as good as I think it will. So just an aside there. So as we're thinking about, all right, um, what's going on here, when I'm tired, I feel this uh, increased craving for junk food, what do we do about it? So often, what you need is a nap instead of food. However, since you're less resourced, as we discussed, um you know you're not able to make the wise decisions because your prefrontal cortex doesn't have the blood flow and the oxygen, and you're more prone to make impulsive decisions, and you're more likely to choose junk food. That happens because a nap is not an impulsive decision. No one kind of impulsively says, "You know what? I'm going to lie down. It's you know that's more of a long- term you know wellness sort of a choice. Um, and Here's the other kind of sneaky thing about taking a nap is we often look at it as an indulgence, like it's selfish or irresponsible. And so we push ourselves through the fatigue, you know, raise your hand. Have you ever pushed yourself through being tired? I just got to push through? Yeah, I'm definitely raising my hand here. Huh. So question for you, though, as I was talking with my client, you know, she had these two busy weeks and, you know, I thought i was walking her through and saying, what would have happened if you had taken a nap one, one afternoon? She's like, well, you know, I had a lot of work to do. I had deadlines I, that would have been really hard for me to do because it would have felt kind of selfish and indulgent. And I had things I had to get done. And I said, I asked her, I was like, w- think about your productivity. Just tell me this. If you had two hours, would you be more effective if you took a you know, 15, 20 minute nap? And then with that extra rest, then worked for an hour and a half or spent two hours pushing through that feeling of being tired. And she was like, you know what, I I probably would have been more productive if I just taken a minute to take a break. Because pushing through, we end up being less efficient, less effective, and we work longer, and we work harder, but not smarter. Um, However, a nap is not always necessarily possible. You may be out on the go, you may have a meeting, you like laying down is, is a nice idea, but it, it may not literally be feasible. Um, so that's okay. Sometimes meditation can be five times more restful than sleep. Yeah, five times. So taking a few minutes to meditate can be kind of like a quick fix for that rest that your that your brain is seeking. So consider that for a moment. And also, if you end up choosing the junk food instead of the rest, that's okay. (laughs) Like I said, that Saturday, I was like, nope, chips are happening. It's okay. Use it as a learning moment. So question number one, did the food taste as good as you thought it would? You know, check in with yourself afterwards. Did it scratch that itch? Are you glad that you had it? Did you enjoy it? Or would you, honestly, if you could go back, would you have preferred to choose something different the next time? Just get curious. No judgment here. Just use it as a learning moment. Ask yourself, how might a nap have been helpful instead? Or maybe even in addition to that treat? Like if I had had a nap, would I still have wanted the treat? Would I have a nap if I, English here, if I had had the nap, would I have enjoyed the treat even more? You know, just questions to ask yourself. Now, here's the kicker. How can you view that nap as productive? How can you view that nap not as an indulgence, but as an essential part of your weight loss efforts? Let me say that again. How can you view that nap as an essential part of your weight loss efforts? Whoa, mind blown, huh? What if a nap was as effective at weight loss as a a workout? Because it is. Literally, when you're tired, you're craving more junk food a nap can be just as effective at weight loss as a workout. So let's think about ways to flip that that script that we have that, you know, taking a nap is indulgent, it's selfish, and maybe taking a nap is actually just as effective and important to your weight loss efforts as a workout. Okay, so you're on board. Sleep is important. I got it. However, Maybe getting a good night's sleep is not so easy for you. Like me. It's 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 you know, a little, you know, little sensitive in the sleep department. I get it. I'm there with you. So here are some things that you may have tried that I've tried that could help you in little bits to get a little bit better sleep. So first of all, try and set yourself up for a successful sleep. So consider your sleep environment. Number one, make sure it's dark. Make sure it's cool in the room where you sleep. Um, I'm sure you've heard a lot of these already, but it really does matter. You know, keep the electronics out of the bedroom. Uh, some people sleep with white noise. I have a fan in my room. Um, I <laughs> I really need my, my white noise. I have a white noise app on my mach- uh, my phone when I travel. Um, mattress, pillow, sheets, the quality of those things make a big difference. If there are things you are going to invest in, a good mattress, a good pillow, good sheets matter. Uh, blue light blocking glasses. These things have actually been really helpful for me. So I got a, a pair of you know twelve dollar blue light glass, blue light blocking glasses on Amazon, and I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily notice a difference in my quality of sleep by wearing them, you know, an hour or so before bed. But what's been really special and um, I appreciate about them is that they become part of my pre-sleep routine. So when I put my glasses on, it's like this kind of subtle signal to my brain being like, all right, it's about time to start winding down. It helps me, it, it doesn't necessarily help me sleep better. It helps me get to sleep because it it's that signal. Like you remember with babies to talk about like the pre-sleep routine is really important. Hey, we're all big babies in larger bodies basically. And so my blue light blocking glasses, when I put them on, It is that signal to my brain that like, okay, we're getting ready to go to bed in about an hour. And so it's time to sort of like mellow out and sit, settle down. So that has been really helpful to me. Give it a try. You can find lots of blue light blocking glasses for not that much, um, not that much money. Um, Other ideas on how to help you get better sleep is try to go to bed around the same time each night. Um, If you're trying to go to bed earlier, don't try and make it an hour earlier. Try and make it five or 10 minutes earlier. Um, turn off electronics 30 to 60 minutes before sleep. If you are reading on an electronic reader, definitely have your blue light blocking glasses to help you with that. Here's another one. Try not to eat too close to bedtime. So ideally, you've been done eating for about two hours, maybe three before you've gone to bed. The reason why is because uh, the food requires energy to digest. And when you go to sleep, if your body is still revved up, Uh, digesting that food, it doesn't allow your body to do the shutdown so that you can get that regenerative, boy, English is tough today. I got this. It's okay. We're here. The regenerative, yeah, you get it. That rest that you need. Um, So try and stop eating two or three hours before you go to bed so that your body can be done with that digestion. It's not trying to rev up and get your food digested so that you can actually slow down and sleep while you're um, actually asleep. Um some people like to stretch or take a warm bath before going to bed to help them wind down that can be good. Um we already talked about blue light blocking glasses and if you need a little extra help getting to sleep, um both the uh, magnesium and melatonin have been recommended as a sleep supplement. There's a supplement called Calm uh that's like a powder that you can um put in your water. It's a magnesium powder. That's been pretty good. Uh, you can find that also on Amazon. Um now, another thing, getting to sleep is not always the same thing as staying asleep. I don't know about you, but I definitely struggle with waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, falling asleep, usually not that hard, but staying asleep is a different story. And there always seems to be something available to worry about or ruminate in the middle of the night. And for some reason, the voice in my head is the most, most negative, most pessimistic, most Debbie Downer at like 3 a.m. 3 and I actually heard something recently. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. Which is during the day, you know, your prefrontal cortex is awake, your rational reasoning brain is is you know on on task. And so those worries, it can kind of delegate to be like, I'm worrying about that later, no big deal, just like get the stuff done. But when we're asleep, the prefrontal, rational part of the brain is shutting down. And so those worries, those fears, that survival brain is like, oh finally, I have some airtime. And so when you wake up at three in the morning, that's the only voice that is present. And so I began to realize, I became so familiar with waking up at three in the morning and like, oh my God, I forgot to do this. Or, oh, what if she thought I meant that when I know I, I didn't really intend it that way, but what if she's upset and just, whoo spooling out of control at three in the morning, which as you might imagine, is not great for getting back to sleep. <sighs> I became so familiar with my voice that I started calling it the 3am voice. So when I would wake up in the night and start worrying about something... Uh, I was, I began to almost see it as like a separate entity for myself. And so I could like stop and be like, Oh, hello, 3am voice, I knew you would be here, I was expecting you. I'm deciding to ignore you for now, because everything always tends to seem better in the morning. So tell you what, why don't you just hold on to those worries? Um, You know, they'll be there in the morning, and and we'll deal with it together at 6am instead of at 3am. Okay, got it? Sounds good. And that has helped me almost like to disembody that those thoughts and be like, I know that my most worries, my biggest worries are coming out right now. I don't have to deal with them. I don't have to solve anything. Everything's going to be easier to handle at six in the morning than at three in the morning. So I'm just gonna just gonna take a deep breath and try and focus on something else. So what do you think? Do you think you could give that a try? I mean, tell me honestly, what how would it feel to treat your thoughts in the night As if you were having a conversation with another person. You know, it reminds me of that movie um, from Disney. Have you ever seen that movie, Inside Out, where there's like the different characters in the brain? It's sort of like that. Like, imagine that voice in your head in the middle of the night is like one of the characters in the movie. You know, just see if that works for you. And a lot of the times that does work for me. And sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) So, On those nights when I'm just like, woo, spooling out of control. Um, I personally have found it helpful to get out of bed and go and meditate for about 20 minutes. Um, I have an app. I put my earphones in. It's got that kind of white noise. And I don't know about you, but it is amazing. The change that happens from like around minute 17 and a half to minute 18. Like my mind is just going for 17 and a half minutes. And then suddenly it's like, whoosh, oh. I can be calm again. It's okay. It's okay. And that definitely helps me get back to bed. So if you find that your mind is racing and uh, meditation is not your thing, um, sometimes just doing a brain dump of getting all of your thoughts out onto a piece of paper can also be useful. So those are some handy tips to try and help you get some better sleep. And going back to the whole point of this, why get better sleep? Because it literally is a weight loss tool. Your cravings for junk food are going to be higher when you're tired, when you're stressed. When you get better sleep, you are less tired, you are less stressed, you have more resources to handle those decisions. Sleep is like a secret weapon in your weight loss toolbox. Use it to your advantage. And speaking of our one tiny confident body action step to put into practice this week, I want you to practice looking at rest differently. A lot of times we look at rest as a luxury. I mean, maybe you're out there and you're like, I love sleep. I have no problem with sleep. Sleep is my best friend. That's great. And I'm jealous, frankly. But what about at like three in the afternoon? How often do you rest at that time of day? And even more importantly, does resting at that time of day feel productive to you or self-indulgent? Hmm. So this week, I want you to look at your schedule. Go ahead, take look at your calendar. What does your week look like between two and four p.m. this week? Next, each day of the week, I want you to look at it. How can you find five minutes between two and four p.m. this week to close your eyes? Maybe you're in the parking lot at Target. It's okay. Maybe it's after your two-thirty meeting. But I want you to view this five minutes of just resting, closing your eyes as productive. This is part of your weight loss toolbox. This is a weight loss tool, a protocol. It's just like a workout. This moment of rest is not taking you away from something you should be doing. It is helping you be better at everything else you will do later today. And it's helping you lose weight. Double win. And if trying to find time to rest each day this week feels like too much, that's cool, no problem. We'll dial it back. Just look at your calendar today, this afternoon. Where can you take five minutes of rest or meditate for just five minutes and look at it as a way to help you lose weight? Rest equals losing weight. And if this is something that you struggle with, like me, there is an entire section in my book, You Are a Miracle, that talks about sleep how it impacts weight loss as well as tips for how to get better sleep. So if you've ever found yourself struggling to make good choices because you're tired, then check out my book. Just search You Are a Miracle on Amazon. And if there's anything in this episode that has helped you, I would love it if you would write a review that really helps me know if this is helping you, if that there's more information that you would like to know about, and maybe you could share it with somebody who also could use some help and to look at rest a little bit differently as rest as instead of as an an indulgence, maybe it is a way to help you lose weight. And remember, before we go, love yourself. Because everything in nature rests. It's part of our design. Heck, you charge your phone at night because you know that without charging it, your phone won't work. Guess what? Same holds for you too. Allow yourself the gift of rest And allow that rest to help you lose weight. All right, that's what I've got for you this week. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it. And I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember... You are a miracle.